Well, that is more like it. Hello, guys. Jess here. And the All Blacks have bounced back from their first ever World Cup pool stage defeat against France in confident fashion. They thrashed Namibia 71-3 and sometimes testing conditions in Toulouse this morning to reach 50 wins in the tournament. But the victory was marred by a late red card for prop Ethan de Gruer, while the ABs were absolutely cruising. But here to provide some expert analysis is the legend Jeff Wilson, direct from the Stadium de Toulouse, where he's been commentating for Sky Sport. Kia ora, Jeff. Kia ora. That's some sort of intro. That's that's a full <laughs> assessment of the whole game. I don't know if you need me. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm taking your legs out from under you there. But we had 11 tries today, Jeff. 11. Before the game, I know you told Emil and Immo that New Zealand needed to reset to show that we're actually contenders. So did the ABs actually achieve that? Oh, absolutely, Jeff. They really, really did in regards to their accuracy, their discipline, other than that late yellow card to Ethan de Groot. Considered a couple of penalties earlier on, but ultimately they came out and made some really good decisions in trying conditions. Look, uh, Namibia probably didn't threaten them as much as we anticipated them to do so. Uh, Their defence was probably not good enough uh, against an all-black team which was determined to play, and they showed that from the opening minute, holding it on for multiple phases, scoring you know a 60, 70-metre try on the back of multiple plays from quality players. And so all of a sudden you got a sense that the all-blacks were prepared, were up for the contest, and then the dominance started up front. So overall, you've got to look at their performance, and they'll be really pleased that it's easy in those sorts of games to get loose. There are only probably a couple of moments, probably in the last 15 minutes, where they got that way and you know maybe tried to do a little bit too much. I'm not sure they could do much more than what they did tonight, really, um, yeah. given the fact that it did bucket down for about 10 minutes, which just made some work in the last 20 minutes of the first half a little bit more challenging. Indeed. And so if we just talk about those last couple of minutes and back to discipline, the All Blacks conceded 12 penalties this time and Ethan DeGruy's late yellow card was upgraded to red by the off-field officials. Now, Artie Savia, he mentioned discipline as a work on kind of in the post-match immediately after this game. What do you make of that, the discipline this game versus against France? Very much a different game and a couple of those penalties early and, and a couple of them were very, very technical penalties and Luke Pierce, the referee, you know, and the TMO looked at, at, at a couple of plays and things that hadn't been picked up maybe in other parts of the game. So I still think they'll look at the Ethan DeGroot red card and they'll look at it and go, was it avoidable? There's no doubt Ethan was bracing for contact. Clearly no intent, but his body position wasn't in a position to to not contact the Namibian player in, in, in a way that was illegal. So I think that's probably the one area that I think if you're any top team in this competition... The one thing that you want to avoid at all costs is playing with 14 men, you know, for any period of time. It hurt us against France. It didn't hurt us tonight, but it just shows the margins and the accuracy you need and the discipline you need. Otherwise, the game could slip away very, very quickly if you're not careful. Totally. And if we just mentioned some of the uh, the standout players, I know Cam Roygaard, that he, first World Cup game, first try within one minute. How did he play for you? Oh, he was amazing. Uh, but interestingly enough... Um, He's got a really calm head on his shoulders. Uh, I had a chat to him after the game, interviewed him, and it was almost like he was matter-of-fact that he knows that that's, that's not the standards that it's going to take to win a rugby World Cup. Gotcha. He knows that. Like he, he literally went, yeah, I had a great night, but I had the platform in front of me. Uh, there were spaces for me to run into. You know, He knows that that's different to what he'll face in a tight game. So he was matter-of-fact about it. I think he really enjoyed the occasion, and he should celebrate because of that. But also he knows that, 
he's just going to keep working, keep working. I really like the head on his shoulders. So he's on one end of the spectrum in terms of newbies, and then on the other end of the spectrum, this game, Sam Whitelock officially joins Richie McCaw as New Zealand's most capped player. And then Dane Coles, at 36 years and 279 days, he becomes the second oldest All Black of all time, though, to be fair, he's still some way away from the oldest All Black, who was Ned Hughes in 1921, who played as a 40-year-old. But for those two, how important are they to this team? Oh, look, the heart and soul of the side, you know, and, and Sam Whitelock, um, it, it's hard to imagine the All Blacks without him. I mean, that's what you're mm. thinking when it's Sam Whitelock, and we're going to be without him and Brody Retallick in the future and Dane Coles. And you, you start going, well, it's going to look different. What mm. Dane, Co- Dane Coles brings on a daily basis is attitude and effort and honesty and all the things that you know will benefit the All Blacks. And that's what I love about him. And, and for Sam, you know, I look back and I think, you know, like, here's a guy whose legacy should never be underestimated. The fact mm-hmm. that it may not be flashy, but flashy doesn't always win your test matches. It's hard work and it's what happens up front. You know, and he'll go down as one of our greats and he should mm-hmm. go down as one of our greats. Okay, Jess, so if we just take a, a big look at the World Cup itself and where Namibia kind of fits into this because they've had a tough tournament so far. We've obviously thrashed them today. It was a tough game against Italy last week. The All Blacks bet Namibia by 45 points in the 2015 World Cup and then 62 points four years ago. And today's margin was the biggest yet 68 points we beat them by. If the smaller nations keep getting thrashed like this, is the World Cup format really right? Oh, no, it 100% is. And look, the one thing that they have talked about is expansion I certainly don't believe in that the game of the tournament for Namibia is against Uruguay you know and against Italy those are the two games for them where they're trying to find out exactly where they are as a country they've earned the right to be here I think that we've actually got the right numbers you need to expose teams to this level because otherwise they don't get to play against the top sides they don't get to know they don't get to find out the atmosphere at the stadium was remarkable and it was because they were a part of it the underdogs Mm. were getting cheered on and by not just um, French fans, Namibian fans, but I think the All Black fans wanted, you know, wanted them to compete and even score mm. a try. And I, there would have been a celebration. In fact, there's still a celebration going on outside with the Namibian fans. This guy's dancing and singing and flags are waving. So, yes, the scoreboard doesn't it, it doesn't look good, but ultimately, there's so much better for the experience. Okay. And in terms of the all-black mindset, I know we've talked a lot about this on the pod with you. It's a whole fortnight before the AB's next match against Italy. So we've lost against France. We've thrashed uh, Namibia. Will it be hard for them to kind of maintain focus with such a long time until their next game? It will be a long time for them in terms of games, but they'll be able to get some work in that 33-man squad. Trust me, they'll be going at each other. And I think what we've already seen is a number of players who've been ruled out from other teams through trainings. And that tells you that's what a lot of the other top teams are doing. Right. Is they're actually, they're playing, they're getting, you know, we're not playing games, but they'll be playing maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes of sort of full contact mm-hmm. um, training, uh, maybe a little bit shorter, but it'll have an element of intensity that's right up there with the, the biggest test matches because that's what they'll need to do to stay on top of their game. So don't think this team's going on holiday. There's three big games in front of them. That's what the goal will be. Italy, won't be easy, but they should they should be able to take care of business. And I know we keep asking you this, Jeff, but how are you going to be spending the next two weeks if you've got two weeks until the next AB's game? I know there's some pretty good French wine country not far from Toulouse. You just need to grab a car and take a couple of hours drive. I'm going to be busy, but by the same token, we will enjoy, I think, a little good. bottle of red in Bordeaux, mate, uh, Saint-Emilion, 
Um, uh, JK's with us. So that's dangerous in itself, let's be honest. Um, and he'll have some sort of um, adventure he might want to take us on. But look, um, there's a real... What does a JK real... adventure look like? Oh, what does it look like? You do a lot of listening. He tells a lot of stories. <laughs> and I tell you what, it is a lot of fun because it's culture, culture, and more culture. And I, these cities have been so wonderful so far. Leon was... We were just in Leon. We haven't played there yet, but we were in Leon. Toulouse is fantastic. Um, you know, Paris is Paris. Let's Let's... You know, like we all talked about it the other day. I won't lie to you, Jess. And we said, you know, we feel incredibly privileged to be here. And it was crazy in Paris. It was fantastic here in Toulouse. And this rugby public is really, really enjoying what is a great rugby world cup. And we'll do our best to enjoy all of the culture that comes along with it. My uh, pastry eating is going well. My coffee drinking's not too bad. And uh, we've enjoyed some local cuisine. So we're trying to make the most of it. There we go. Jeff Wilson's Travel Diaries. That's the update for this week. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate your insights, and especially so soon after the final whistle. Now, remember, everyone, you can watch all 48 World Cup games live on Sky Sport 1 and Sky Sport Now. Stuff is streaming some games live, and we'll have delayed streams of six more, including the All Blacks' remaining pool games. For full coverage, visit Stuff's World Cup hub at stuff.co.nz. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Newsable with me, Jessica McCarthy. Imo and Emil will be back with a regular show on Monday, Kaki Teano. If you like this podcast, please support our work. Visit stuff.co.nz slash support. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, the long read from Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.